This is episode 10 of the Dragon Ball Insider Podcast, taking place on August 20th, 2015. What's going on, guys? This is Anthony here from DragonBallInsider.com. Today I'm here with my co-host, Anthony Cavanaugh, ADC Art Attack on Instagram. What's going on, Anthony? How have you been? Hello. I've been good. How are you? Not bad, man. Uh, any new projects you got going on lately in terms of your artwork and whatnot? Yes, sir. With the um, with the new movie coming out, I've got so much work kind of revolving around the actual movie, so that's pretty awesome. It's great they've got movie. New... Yeah, Resurrection. My movie mean Resurrection F. Okay, yeah. Yep. So I got a I got a new pair of shoes that is just gonna be amazing. It's like the whole shoe is gonna have like the entire fight scene. So it's pretty right. it's pretty intense. What's gonna happen on those? So I'm look I look forward to doing them. Big project. There. Very cool. Is it specifically for someone, or is it just uh, this, this one's have someone a this is for a more. friend? It, no, this one's <laughs> oh, for okay. a friend. This is for someone who um who has bought something from me previously and supported my work, so it's kind of for them. Gotcha. Well, we certainly have a lot of Resurrection F stuff going on, so let's just keep this intro short, and we're gonna get right into the news, and uh, we're gonna t- our main topic for today will of course be the movie, and our news of course is basically on the movie as well so let's just begin and get the show on the road all right all righty let's do it okay so we only have a little bit of news this time around but most of it pertains to the resurrection f uh theatrical release so our first bit of news is the box office figures for here in north america so the movie had its theatrical run that began on the 4th and ended on the 12th officially, but they had an encore uh, presentation of the movie that took place over the course of a few days after the fact. So on August 4th, the movie opened in 894 theaters across North America, and it brought in $1.97 million, which landed it at the number six spot overall in box off- in terms of box office growth, in terms of box office gross, excuse me. And first place overall in average dollar per screen at $2,198. Now, to put this into perspective, Battle of Gods, the 2013 movie, opened up in 652 theaters, and it only brought in $1.7 million. So, clearly, it did way better than Battle of Gods. So, with that said, in just two days, the film brought in roughly $3.5 million dollars, whereas Battle of Gods brought in two and a half over the entire eight-day run. So in just two days of time, it already blew Battle of Gods out of the water, which is awesome. And as I previously mentioned, following the completion of its official theatrical run, um, the film has grossed over $8.4 million, landing it at the nine spot on the top ten highest-grossing anime films in North America of all time, which is awesome. And worldwide, to date, the film has grossed $60.3 million, and then and this is just on a $5 million budget. So overall, I think we could say that this movie has been a success worldwide, which is awesome. So in other news, we have information on home video releases, which is also great. So the first announcement for home video release was, of course, the Japanese version, but um. The U- Manga UK actually has listings up on Amazon, and this happened, I believe, on August 7th, where Amazon UK put up a pre-order listing for the DVD Blu-ray and also a Battle of Gods slash Resurrection F combo pack for the Resurrection F home release. 
Now, the Blu-ray is listed at just over 16 pounds. The DVD is listed at just over 15. And the combo pack is listed at just under 21 pounds. And these will all be releasing on the 26th of October. Now, how is this in terms of pricing, Ant? I mean, I'm not really sure how things are with sales of DVD and Blu-ray over there. But is this a reasonable price? Is it expensive? I mean, you tell me. Um, my personal opinion, I think this is a little expensive. Uh, being, yeah. being it was a good movie and being it's Dragon Ball, um, it sounds reasonable to me as a fan. But I think in general, this may deter some sort of newbies if i mean if you if you don't know what dragon ball is then i'm very you know i'm worried about how you live but um yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think this could keep i don't know i think some people might be a little bit skeptical about buying this for that kind of price i think it's a little higher price considering cinema tickets especially where i live to watch it in cinema are around this mm-hmm. price as well so i mean what would you rather do watch it in a cinema or watch it on this it's just a lot of it's a lot of money well in terms of american dollars how much is 16 pounds uh, I think that's around the $25 mark. And that is for the Blu-ray, which here the Blu-ray is $35. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So it's so, so it's considerably cheaper here then. That's It seems that way, but let's figure that out. You know what? Let me go over the the North American home release numbers and we'll actually base it off of that. Yeah, sure. So, it, in addition to the home video release for the UK, Funimation actually announced today that they are taking pre-orders for the film. And um, the film will be also come in three packages, a Blu-ray slash DVD combo pack at $34.98, a standalone DVD at $29.98, and also a collector's edition at $59.98. And all of these will be released on October 10th, 2015 as well. So... As you stated before, 16 pounds for the Blu-ray, which I'm sure the Blu-ray is going to come with the DVD as well, is 16 pounds for you in the UK, and it's almost 35 dollars here in the US, and the and the DVD is at 29.98. So yeah, it's considerably cheaper there. Yeah, that's that's quite odd. (laughs) 21 21 pounds. How, uh, How much is that? 21 pounds in US dollars. Uh, 21, 21 pounds in dollars is 1.6. So how much is 1.6 on top of that? Uh, it's 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 tricky to work out. Oh, I got the maths. It's about 40 dollars, something like that. Yes. Yeah, so you're not getting as much as we are in terms of the goodies that's going to be associated with the collector's edition, because here it's about 60 dollars. But the collector's edition itself is going to be coming with four holographic Frieza Force postcards in the making footage and uh, cast slash red carpet interviews and footage. And also a different packaging with the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan uh, Goku on the front of it. So, you know what? It definitely is a little pricey. I mean, especially since you can get the DVDs and Blu-rays a lot cheaper. Let me. I'm actually going to look it up right now and see what Battle of Gods is going for. And I don't remember what it went for from the start, but I'm. I don't remember it being thirty-five dollars. I remember purchasing it on the PlayStation Network, um, and it was it was very much cheaper on the PlayStation Network. I remember the day it released, it was around five six pounds. So it was. It was definitely a lot cheaper on the PSN than it is in stores. So digital downloads cheaper, but get this. Okay, so right now, Amazon has Battle of Gods listed at twenty dollars, but 
originally $34.98. So it's, I guess it's the same. I'd have to do some looking back on things, but I really don't feel like it's necessary. But it, it is a little pricey, but I mean, it's it's a Dragon Ball film and people are going to buy it anyway. So Yeah. But I'll, I'll probably... probably pre- <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is a, a pre-order code you could use if you're going to be buying in North America. You use the the promo code dbzrf the hashtag dbzrf and i think i believe you get a ten dollar gift card off of whatever package or edition you decide to go with which is i mean it's ten dollars and less but it's still a good deal so but with that said that that's really all the news we have for today uh and we're gonna just jump right into our main topic we're gonna talk all things resurrection f we're gonna discuss the premiere that we had in new york city and it's going to be a good conversation, so let's get this started. Okay, so as I stated before, our main topic for today is going to be the English dub of Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. Now, to kick things off, we attended a red carpet premiere in New York City on August 3rd, which was essentially the beginning to the theatrical event that started on August 4th and ran to the 12th. Now, we actually got invited to go to this event as members of the media to cover it, And we were also given the opportunity to do a giveaway in which Funimation provided us with a set of 30 tickets, all of which uh, had a plus one. And we gave them all away. We gave them to a bunch of fans through our Instagram account, through our website, Twitter, Facebook, and whatnot. And we met up with all of these people at an AMC in New York City at a red carpet event. And it was awesome. We got to meet a ton of people, myself and Uchi went there, Uchi Rojas, he's another member of Dragon Ball Insider, and we hung out with a bunch of fans, looked at the red carpet, we spoke to a bunch of the actors, uh, Chris Sabat, we spoke to Sean Schemmel, and we actually got to conduct an interview with Sean Schemmel that we're going to show you guys and let you listen to it. So, without with that said, uh, this is our interview that we conducted myself with Sean Schemmel at the Resurrection F premiere in New York City. How you doing, Anthony oh, from DragonBallInsider.com? DragonBallInsider.com. Yes, awesome. I do. Thank nice you. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Dragon Ball seems to be a franchise that just keeps coming back. It's thirty years, thirty years old plus. What is it about events like these that makes things so so popular and just keeps coming back? Well, I mean, you know, breaking down Akira Toriyama's magic formula is hard to do, and the guy is proving with the last two movies that he is not retired and he is uh, has not lost his touch and he's at the top of his game. So I'm super impressed with him in that regard. Um, I'm not, on the one hand, I'm also not surprised. It's almost like the nature of Dragon Ball episodes, like, keep getting, uh, you know, the power levels keep getting higher and things keep getting more. And when you think it's over, it continues. It's also kind of not surprising that the art has bled into the very life of the show itself in terms of popularity. Like, it's like no accident, you know what I mean? And so I don't know if that's the secret reason. It's in our unconscious, and so we feel like it has to go more or because of decisions made in Japan or something very practical like that. Um, you know, I don't really know. I think uh, fighting has a lot to do with it. I think uh, strong character development. I think Akira Toriyama's genius is part of it. I also think that uh, the fact that it's based on an ancient uh, Asian mythos, the Great Journey West, uh, is a big part of it. It's the same reason why ancient Greek mythos is represented over and over. Those ancient stories just don't ever die because I think they're an integral part of our human unconsciousness and our own struggle. So I think Akira Toriyama has tapped into that in a very uh, astute way and has manifested it in an action sci-fi type fighting show. 
Well, it's, um, it's certainly the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, you're, you're you're working on it. I mean, I'm sure no no less than six months at a time out of the year. Oh well, actually, you'd be surprised. Um, when we were finishing up Dragon Ball Z, I was recording once a month uh, for a solid week at a time, about 12 12 hour days. When I moved away to New York, other than that, when I was working in Texas, I would go in to record Goku once or twice a week at the most because I do all my lines for you know I could do three or four episodes in a full day of recording, uh, depending on how my voice held out. You know, so it's uh, when you add it all up, it's a lot of time. And video games take me, you know, two or three days to a week, depending on the game. Um, the movie took me, like, I recorded Resurrection F in two days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm very quick with the character, and I've been doing it too long. When I first started, it would take me anywhere from 12 to 20-some-odd takes for one take. Now I do it in one to three takes. So, you know, you just get better at it when you, you're doing it all the time. So Absolutely. Yeah. Now, with that said, I mean, there are so many people that love the franchise. I mean, you have your geek culture. You oh, yeah. have your, your jock culture. It's just widely accepted by everyone. Can, can, what do you make of that? Well, it, I'm a huge Rush fan, so to me it's just like Rush. Like, like Rush was like has this cult uh, niche following. Then they went to, when they did Rush in Rio a few years ago, they went to uh, Rio de Janeiro and had 60,000 fans show up. They didn't know they had. They were like blown away when they got there. <laughs> And um, I think, and now they're very mainstream and getting, because they're retiring slow, slowly. Uh, they just had their, not a really a farewell tour, but their last concert in Los Angeles the other day, which I wanted to go to. And I, I think I Kyle was there, right? Yeah, Kyle was there. I was going to go with him, but I never got tickets, and I, I was I screwed up. But yeah, I was going to go. Um, and and I think it's very similar in that regard that it's like this cult following that's so good and so solid. When you make a quality product long enough, eventually the mass is going to notice. You know, they're eventually you're going to have your niche fans, you're going to have your your mainstream fans, but I feel like Dragon Ball Z has officially broken into the mainstream like Pokemon did years ago. Um, and I always joke that Pokemon is a gateway drug to Dragon Ball. Uh, so maybe, now it's becoming the opposite maybe, because people are telling me now that Dragon Ball is the first anime they watched and then they got into Pokemon. I'm like, oh really? Now we're the gateway drug. So That's interesting. That's fine with me. <laughs> let's shift gears towards yeah. Resurrection F. Yes, let's. It's awesome. I mean, we've seen it. Thank we, you. we came out to LA. I actually flew out there. It wasn't cheap, but I flew oh, out there. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Now, was there anything different in particular recording this movie than any others? I mean, you have a tendency to, when you record different transformations, to change your voice a little bit. Is there a I thought do. process that goes into that? There is. Um, there, there are many factors that, uh, f uh, f uh, uh, we're not going to feature in, focus in, many factors that factor into, many things that factor into uh, how I make vocal choices for a character, especially when there's a physical transformation. Some of those things are physical. Some of those things are practical, like I can only scream so high and so loud. <laughs> Uh, but I, get, I take a lot of dictation from the character design and how they're drawn. So for Resurrection F, there is a moment where I try to tweak the voice for God Mode just a little bit, only because I didn't end uh, Battle of Gods because we just decided to go along with, and I don't normally take cues from the Japanese actors, but I noticed we had recorded the God Mode for the video game before we did Battle of Gods, uh, and so I decided, and Moscow didn't really change it much, so I, I decided to keep it the same. For uh, Battle of Gods, I didn't really tweak it, but for Resurrection F, when he's able to sustain Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan on his own, I felt like, well, what would it be like if you had the awareness that you had the abilities of a god? You know, what kind of peace that passes understanding or serenity or what kind of, uh, what, what would that feel like or what would that sound like? So there's just a couple of moments where Goku's talking and I tried to add a, a, a tonality of serenity. It's very subtle, you might not notice it. If you don't, it's not a big deal. But Goku's kind of transcending here in this uh, in a new way that's beyond anything he's ever done. He's a, you know he's in God mode. That's a much larger implication than Super Saiyan three. Absolutely. Now you heard Frieza was coming back. You, yes. you know you certainly did a whole arc with him back in the day. Yes. What? How interesting was that recording with Chris? Who I mean, in my opinion, does an amazing job. His version of Frieza is just incredible. <laughs> Chris. Is, so, Chris is goddamn spectacular, <laughs> Frieza. Like I, 
I, you know, no, no disrespect to Linda Chambers. I, you know, she did a great job uh, for Z, and and everyone loves her for it. Um, I feel like Chris brought a level to Frieza of uh, erudite and uh, intellectual snobbishness that uh, Frieza has, and this elitist, you know, arrogance that only Chris Ayers can bring. Uh, a lot of people say I'm irreplaceable. I think Chris Ayers is re irreplaceable uh, for that role, and the speeches are just so much more biting. Uh, and they're so well written now, um, as opposed to when we were first started on Z, and we you know didn't have the staff to do it. So now everything's just the quality's just gone way up. And I didn't really get to hear him record, but I did get. I think he had recorded some before me, so I got to hear some. And I also listened to his work on Kai. So I, I, I to see it all together and us playing off each other uh, was pretty cool. It was really really cool. I, I, I hadn't had that satisfaction in a while. Um, I did with uh, Jason Douglas's Beers, who's also spectacular. Um, and hopefully he'll join us for Dragon Ball Super. I can't see why he wouldn't, but uh, yeah. we, we don't even know what's going on with that yet. Yeah. So I wish we did. If we did, I'd just say I know and I can't tell you. Um, but I don't really know what's going on with that sh uh, that show just yet. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Chris Ayers, hearing that all together, uh, really, and the fight scenes are very specific. If you notice, they're very specific martial arts moves. Very, you know, there's some da -da 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 yeah. stuff like that, which we all do in real time, by the way. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't go, <laughs> I do, <laughs> like there's a whole bunch of... Phys I sweat a lot in the booth. It's, it's, there's a lot of physical work that goes into it. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for thank answering you. our questions. Nice meeting you. Nice we meeting we you. just had a conversation with Sean Stremmel, the thank voice of Goku, and many others. And you're watching DragonBallInsider.com. And I only say that because they're the only ones that showed up with the cool square thingy. <laughs> Thanks so again. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Okay, so that was my interview with Sean. He's a really cool guy. At first, it was, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit... I was uneasy about what to ask him, but I really wanted to get, put questions together that I didn't think anyone else has asked before, which, you know, for all I know, people could ask it all the time, but I, I believe I did a decent job coming up with these questions to ask him. And my personal favorite question that I got to ask him was about how he changes his voice. Now, for for those that watch the series and know how Goku goes through his transformations... Sean Schemmel takes an approach on each transformation that he goes through, making each transformation's voice slightly deeper. And I asked Sean, what, if there, if any, is there a thought process that goes into changing and altering Goku's voice? And he said that there is. And it was interesting, his response saying how that Goku has attained, yes, another level, but it's a different sort of level, not only in terms of strength, but also um, it's a new level spiritually. So he used that to basically gauge and guide his voice into how he would portray the character. And he also stated that he doesn't normally take cues from the Japanese voice actors, just like in Battle of Gods, where he did listen to Masako Nozawa's performance, and she didn't really change her voice when he first transformed into the Super Saiyan God. But he took his uh, own approach in this one. And it's really hard to explain what type of approach he took because when I first listened to the film, because we received a pre-screener to do a review, which Anthony and I both saw and listened to to conduct this review, as soon as I heard his voice when he uh, achieved this new Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan form with the blue hair, it caught me off guard. And I, I was unsure of how I felt about it. But when I asked him this question, I kind of understood the route he was taking. Now, what what did you actually think of about this, Anthony? I mean, I know you you also saw the screener as well. So when you first heard his voice, what did what did you think? It was 
it was very nice. I think it took a while to sort of gauge what the sort of transformation voice was. It was a very different voice. There, there wasn't really, there's not really a word to describe what the voice was. It was a very new voice. But I think the the, the nice way to describe it, um, just going to the GT thing again, but um, it's Super Saiyan 4. That's what it sort of reminds me of. Super Saiyan 4 with less anger and hatred. It's it's a sort of, I'm, I'm a powerful being, but I'm not so cocky now. I sort of know I'm powerful, but I'm very calm and piece of it it was it was just a very different i don't it's very hard to describe it it's crazy it's just a very it, it tough really one is to describe. it um, is because when i was when i first listened to it like the f- i i didn't think the voice was consistent throughout the whole film because he did go from it sounding with, it, it was it was deep it, it was a warming voice deep it was straightforward like it's very hard to I, to put in words i think and the, like the key trying moments, to explain it is the hard part yeah I, th- I think it's definitely um he really sort of exaggerated the key moments you know like when he was talking down to freezer when he was when he was putting freezer below his level that's when his new voice sort of shunned that's when it was like here's the new voice because he was like well i think you should back down now it was just sort of like a very calm but powerful voice it, and very cocksure of himself it was like yeah i'm powerful you just need to back up and leave but then he had his he had his goofy voice, which he did with Vegeta midway through. So it was very hard to gauge his actual voice because he changed it so many times during that fight scene. wasn't wasn't like a crazy like mid sentence change. So he wasn't saying one sentence and then switching voices like he couldn't actually act. Um, he was changing them intentionally to fit the mood, to fit whoever he was speaking to, whichever character he was speaking to, or sort of like the message he was trying to get across. You know. When he when he was fearful, he was like, "Yeah, this is this voice." And when he was cocksure, he was like, "Yeah, this is this voice." It was it was a good change. I liked it. it, it he did good. Well done, Sean. <laughs> so, do you think it's safe to say the voice is a combination of powerful, um, him portraying him trying to put on this god status voice of like i'm above you but i'm not gonna make it sound like i'm above you kind of voice but it's just the voice that i give it makes it known that i have this god-like ability and power i i think it definitely um does it it sort of harpens to like vegeta's kind of attitude he sort of becomes the very cocksure character and he shows his sort of arrogance and his i think they actually touch on that quite a bit throughout the series uh, throughout the movie sorry they do touch on Goku's. I nearly said Kakarot, but they do touch on Goku's. Um, uh, you know his his sort of confidence and his overconfidence, and I think that's what the voice is. It's sort of showing that he is overconfident and he is powerful now. He's definitely a much more powerful opponent now than he ever was. So uh, yeah, he's definitely shows it, and he did good. It was very nice. Yeah, he, I, he definitely had one of his best voice performances in this movies that I've I've heard in a long time. Definitely. But anyway, the uh, the my other favorite question was when I asked him about Frieza and how he's back and how it differed from that of recording with Linda Young fifteen years ago, and then coming back and recording with uh, Chris Ayers as Frieza in two thousand fifteen, and him like myself we both totally are on the same page when it says, or when we say that Linda Young's Frieza was good for the audience at the time, but in terms of it representing Frieza, Linda Young's doesn't act, 
exactly represent Frieza how he was intended to be. And I think that Chris Ayer's version of Frieza is just incredible. Like, when I first heard the screaming that he did, like, when he had his breakdown, when he was freaking out, screaming, the, I am Lord Frieza, blah, blah, blah. Like, he screamed it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this guy is good. Because I watched Kai, and honestly, it, it took a little bit getting used to to Chris Ayers in Kai because I did grow up listening to the English dub when, when it was years ago. But then I started to, to compare the voices between... Chris Ayers and um, Nakao's in the Japanese version. It's just like they're so similar, and he does a great job. And he Shemmel says that he's fantastic. Now I know that you your, yourself you were never a big fan of Chris Ayers. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you're right. I was I was not a fan, and, and I still I, you know I never watched Kai, and I think that's why I wasn't a fan because I gave Kai one chance. I didn't give it a second chance. I gave it one chance. And um, I didn't like it because, you know, the nostalgia, right? I was like, right. yeah, these, these are the voices. This is not the voice. So right, right. that was that, that was my mentality. And obviously, after watching uh, the movie, I watched it the first time and I heard the voice. And the voice was actually really, it was a lot better in this than I remember hearing in Kai. It um, is. So it's tenfold, like way better, way better. And that's what I'm thinking, because I'm thinking there was definitely a difference there. Um, and then obviously after watching it the first time, I wouldn't say I loved it the first time seeing it. And then I watched it multiple really? times after. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really love it. Um, I liked it and the voice, okay. The voice acting itself is amazing. I think it's actually one of the best characters in there. The actual voice itself. It's one of the right. best characters. Um, and I think that, you know, I can't fault him on that. It's amazing. Fitting freezer. I don't know. And even after seeing it a couple times after, I, I loved it even more. And I became definitely in favor of this voice over the Linda Young one. Not to say that it was bad. It's just, as you say, it didn't fit the character. This one definitely fits freezer a lot more, especially the, um, there's a, there's a moment when he's talking to one of his, uh, servants, um, Sorbet, I think it is. Sorbet. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he's, he speaks it. me and my ex. I really need to educate myself on French. Sorbet. But um, yeah, he. <laughs> but yeah, he he has like a moment where he's speaking to him, and you can definitely tell he's a leader, and he was he was showing that he's actually the ruler. Uh, whereas before, it was just like he was a spoiled child. He was just really like ah, the stands, and he was just really angry and just throwing his toys out the pram. But now he definitely seems more of a a calm, collected guy. Has a breakdown uh, <laughs> at one point, as you said with the scream, and you said the scream was like a really good moment. Me personally. It really resembled for me Majin Buu, um, the moment when Majin really? Buu screaming in anger, and I didn't really like it. Um, really? It, really, I, I did. I think it's just because I'm not really in touch with the screams. Whenever I hear screams of high pitch, I'm like, oh boy, no, I just don't. You, I like you. Really need to listen to the original Japanese. I think that's the problem because I am one of the old nostalgic fans who, you know, when the Japanese dubs on, I am just like, no, 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 no. So I think I think I'm very ignorant in that sense, and I think that's I think that's again that's what I want to say to everyone listening to this right now. If you are if you are not a fan of the new voice, watch it again, then watch it again, then watch it again, and just grasp the concept of the character, understand it, and then you will see why the voice is actually much better than the let's call it the original for the um, yeah the original us. English voice. Yeah, and and you'll you'll see exactly where I'm coming from. I this is coming from someone who hated the new voice, but now I personally think it's the better one. So it's it's 
Stephanie Gronomian is fantastic voice actor. That, that it's, it really is amazing. Whether I think it fits the character, I'm still on the sidelines because some moments do and some moments don't. But overall, the acting is... I can't fault the acting. It's amazing. Yeah, well, that's cool that you actually learned, like, learned to appreciate it and like it. I mean, not many people do, especially the people that are all about oh you know this person so much better like it's way better because when i watched it when i was a kid it, this is what it was and this is how it should be but it really chris harris does a fucking fantastic job but there's no other way to put it you got to remember as well guys uh, not to compare whose is better and whose is worse you've also got to just say to yourself look that was the past and we've always got it if you love it that's great because you've always got it but now you've got a new take it's like watching dragon ball z for a second it's like watching a whole new dragon ball z with new voices it just brings a whole new character so you have the past and you can always love it you don't have to hate it just because you like the new one you can like both so see it like that don't don't feel that this one's replacing your old memories because it isn't you still have those and i still love the old one but this one is the better voice actor now now shemmel he act he actually addressed dragon ball super without us even asking him to so <laughs> which was kind of cool so and he basically said that um he has no idea what's going on with it yet, and even if, if he did know, he would say, oh, you know, I, I can't really address it right now, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. But he he truly doesn't know what is going on with Super. But um, in my interview with Chris Sabat, he said that he saw a lot of Super already, and they haven't started working on it, one, because they weren't informed about anything at all, but he did say that he's assuming that they're going to be working on it at one point in time or another. Unfortunately, I don't have the audio for Sabbaths to put in this recording, but um, I'll, I'll make a link to our interview, and I'll, I'll probably type it up. But there, there's nothing been confirmed or anything regarding Super. It's just they're, they're both basically assuming that at one point in time they will be working on it because they do everything else Dragon Ball in English, so why wouldn't this happen? It's just a matter of acquiring the lights and Toei giving up the or selling the license to uh, Funimation to record a dub for Super but with that said nothing with Super yet so overall what what did you think of the the contents of this interview I mean the the questions like I said I, I tried really hard to come up with questions in a short period of time that were different than what most people would ask like oh you know you, you're the voice of Goku like like how how is it <laughs> you know like, i wanted it to be more of a conversating type of conversation if that makes I, sense i think i think it was good that you didn't um did you, this is what i think a lot of people do wrong when they interview someone they focus too much on that individual and what a lot of people don't want to do is become arrogant they don't want to feel arrogant and they don't like to speak about themselves so much so uh when you asked the questions a lot of them were directed you know at how it was working with such and such, how it is working with this series. It's not really him directly. You're not asking too much about him. You're asking more about the series in general and the other characters and the other actors and things. And I think he really, it sounded like he genuinely, even when the interview finished, he was very, he was very, it seemed like a very good ending. Usually when uh, celebrities and actors and things speak to the media, the press, the interview doesn't really finish on a, um, a sort of, you know, they don't really shout out who they're in, who's interviewing them. They just sort of walk away and they're like, move on to yeah, the next Yeah, especially person. without asking. We didn't even ask. <laughs> exactly. And he even says, you know, you don't even have to ask because it was a very warm interview. And I think it was fantastic, man. I think, I think he did a great job. I think. Well, well thank you. He definitely did. Definitely did a good, man. And he loved it. You could tell he loved, he loved the interview. Yeah. And that, that honestly, that was the main goal. We wanted to interview him with the, the outcome where, 
both parties were satisfied. And, you know, I, I, I like to think that the questions we ask that, I mean, I've, you always want to be like, you know, no one else has asked those ever, but I'm sure people have thought of things like that. But, you know, asking about the, the voice changing, like I, I almost think that he appreciated those questions coming from someone like a, a media outlet of ourselves, because not many people think to ask questions like that. They're more interested in, you know, I mean, Kamehameha's. yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, can you, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? So the conversation aspect of the interview, I think really made the interview what it was. And I, I think it was a good interview and hopefully he sees this podcast and gives some of the feedback as well. So But um, in any case, Let's get right into the movie after after all that conversation. Now, we both saw the the movie over here in the States and in North America. There was a theatrical run that went from the 4th to the 12th, and it was extended up to the 17th and in some states uh, longer based on uh, popular demand. And, oh yeah, uh, it's coming to the UK in cinemas. We didn't address that before, but it is going to be going to the UK in September. And, uh, I mean, first of all, before we even continue on, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean, I know that uh, caught dude. you off guard. <laughs> oh man, that really caught me off guard because I actually said in our last podcast that, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But, um, it's amazing that literally like, what was it a week, two weeks, something like that? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's amazing, man. Like, even though I've seen it, I've seen the movie, I want to see it in the mo- in the cinemas because this is a big deal. This is massive. And I'm really excited to see what the, the turnout is. I'm definitely not going to watch it in my local cinema. I don't know what the um the span of the release is going to be, but I'm I'm going to go to the centre cent- London. So I'm going to go right into the biggest cinema in London. I'm going to pay the full price because I want the full experience. Because this, re- this has never happened. I've never heard of a an anime, you know, releasing in cinemas. I've never heard of it. I think Studio, one of the Studio Ghibli films... Um, Princess Mononoke. I think that's in a cinema, but it's only in like the very small family-run theaters. But um, I've never. This is incredible. Like I am, I'm so excited. I am just so thankful. Whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, it doesn't matter. Even if Battle of Gods, which I didn't like, but even if it was Battle of Gods releasing, I would go and watch it because this is a huge leap forward. This is massive. I mean, look how big it was for you guys. Look how big it was in the U.S. And, and we've never had that. I would love to dress up and go and do this and have fun. Yeah, and, and let's be real. like It's going to be your first time seeing a Dragon Ball Z movie on the big screen. It's really, this is... Man. Don't you wish that you get... didn't see the screener? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I do. I really, like, really do. Honestly, um, I felt like I felt that way as soon as, as soon as they were like, you know, can you review the movie for us? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> so, yeah, can you can you cut it into a trailer for me, maybe? Yeah. I don't really want to watch the whole thing. I mean, so but I guess I I did see the movie in theaters before I actually saw it, but it was in Japanese, so I did see that. But it's gonna be your first time ever seeing a Dragon Ball Z movie in English in theaters in the UK. I'm very, I'm I. But the thing I'm worried about is is the fans, and I think if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, I'm begging you. I am on my. I'm gonna get on my knees. I'm. I'm on my knees. <laughs> I'm begging you, please go to the cinema. Please go and watch this. Support it. Make it known that this is a big deal. Because I just don't want to go to the cinema and sit next to some old ladies, some kids that are going to scream and cry, 
just because they wanted to do something this this weekend and didn't have anything to do. I want to go and see passionate fans supporting an amazing series and I want to see it. I really I really want to see fans. I really want to get the experience that the Americans get. So if you're English, let's do this for the English people. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's it's coming and I mean, it's going to be awesome, man. And I'm 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 excited for you. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. You should, you should definitely oh, you should definitely record some of like the the crowds outside of the cinemas and that's just what post I was it online on. and yeah. I'm really hoping this is an invitation, by the way, uh, Mr. Sean Shemmel, if you're listening. Um, I will pay for your cinema ticket if you come. So don't just stay out. There. I'm not going to pay, but seriously, don't just stay out there. <laughs> like, don't, don't, come over here. Come and like. I, I really want the voice actors to do it. I really would love to see all of the voice actors do a premiere event here something big here not just have it release in the cinema not just have the movie go out i want to have the cast i'd love to have something like that happen yeah, like I, they do with the I movies wonder. the hollywood movies i'd love to because we get a lot of hollywood movies around here so hopefully we can get like you know the dragon ball z stars walking down the red carpet having a good time i wonder yeah, if they great. will do something like that you know they they might i mean they had a I've, they've had premieres here they had a, a few premieres here so you never you know that's a good question well, Sean, Sean says that one of his favorite comic cons is actually London. Uh, yeah. No, is it London's? One of one of the um, British ones. He MGM, I think. I think it, MGM Comic Con. M MCM. 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 Sorry. Yeah, he he actually mentions how it's one of his favorites to go to, and uh, because of the British crowd, he loves a lot of the British life. He he loves a lot of the things that we like and right. finds it fascinating and things. So, I, I I'm I'm very hopeful that he's going to come along. And it would be amazing because I'm in London, so I'm pretty much sure he will go to the London release. And there's only okay. one big cinema that will do it, so. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. But uh, anyway, so now that we got that out of the way, let's actually discuss the movie as a whole. So, and I know you have a, a lot of opinions on this. So let's just get right into it. What did you think from the start? Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna start, and I really want to do like a disclaimer and just say to everyone that I loved the movie. This is one of my favorite and i love the dragon ball z movies i actually love them i don't know why a lot of people hate them but i love the dragon ball z movies all of the movies i love them and this i would put i would put it in the in the realm of the fusion reborn you know with gogeta because that seems to be a universally accepted as like the best one i would put it as that i would say it's as good as that maybe better but there are an incredible amount of flaws from a critique point of view which I've got so many to touch upon. I don't know if we're going to have time, but there's there's some key ones that really need to be addressed that I kind of am disappointed with. Whoever whoever did this, whoever made this movie, I want to address something to them. I want to speak to them. Okay. There are some things I'm kind of annoyed with. <laughs> so let's hear it. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'll start with the first two because these are, all right, most of these points are sort of um, illustrating the same points. But I broke them up into little sections. But I'll, I'll group them. So I'll say, like, the Emperor Pilaf. I think that's his name, isn't it? Pilaf is the little guy. Okay, so you got him. I d him and the um, the Freezer's birth sequence, you know, when he's um, put back together. And the Freezer's training. It is so painfully clear. I And this is really annoying. It is so painfully clear that they purposely skipped those moments. And if you look, it looks as if they actually did make some more of that. But they skipped because it just seems that there's no smooth transition between them picking up Emperor Pilaf or between Freezer actually being born or between Freezer's training. There's no smooth transition. They just immediately skip, which tells me they've actually cut those pieces out 
to place them into Dragon Ball Super, which this is a movie. Like, I don't want to have to watch the series to get the movie. I want the movie to actually be the movie. I want the movie to explain everything that it should do. I don't want to have to find out what Frieza went through in his training sequence, which so we're going to obviously... So what you're saying is you believe that the parts were cut out to be added into Super to explain it all leading up to the movie? Definitely. I, I believe that Interesting. they're going to... I think that they're going to do... And I'm going to consider this... I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm considering this one of those cash grab schemes, which is when a company, like they did with Battle of Gods, um, you know, the, the fight sequence on uh, King Kai's planet. Okay. It was in it was in the movie. It was done well in the movie, but they wanted to elaborate on it more in the series, which is okay because they didn't cut it from the movie. So that was okay to do that. But what they've done in this movie is they've cut these sections out and it's just like really? It, so is basically is this movie going to be split into the series? Like am I going to have to watch now? Is dra- is that all Dragon Ball Super is destined to be? It's just purely filler and then the, the two movies broken because that's what Battle of Gods has become the movie broken into a longer part so it seems as if that's the route it's going and I'm very disappointed that we didn't get to see these moments on screen even though they were small picking up Emperor Pilaf which is not something I really care about but it's um it's it's not something that I'm very happy with it, that he was just one moment oh he's on the ship now is he well when did that happen because he just started speaking and then he was talking to Sorbet, and I was like, um, what? Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I, I didn't even think about that, honestly. It was, it was very depressing, and uh, obviously Freezer's training, there was a lot of moments that were skipped. Um, the transformations were just horrible. They were, oh my goodness me. Like, there was no elaboration. There was no sort of expansion upon Super Saiyan, God Super Saiyan. I like that they didn't say that name. I like that. Yeah, but but the thing that I didn't get is Frieza said, um, "I'll just make this short and call this um, Golden Frieza." So did Goku actually say Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, and then it was cut? No, that that term came out after the movie. Okay, because in it seemed the like an odd in the original there. Japanese, he says something along the lines of, "It's hard to explain, but this is." me as a super saiyan while having the power of a super saiyan god and in the dub he just says let's just say i've gotten a taste of super saiyan god and now i'm able to tap into that power on my own so mm-hmm. it's not saying in both versions it doesn't say super saiyan god super saiyan so neither of which are wrong so would you say they're official <laughs> or would you say it's sort of it's, still in it's the to, well it's that's the thing i mean I guess you could say all three are official because they could all mean one thing. Super Saiyan, God, Super Saiyan. It's just the way it was said in each movie. It just, there really isn't much of a difference in my opinion, but. Mm. I, but do you agree that they should have elaborated more on the transformation? You know, it's sort of, oh, I mean, you can, I you think can just control it now. It, it was like, wow, really? That's a thing? Well, there was no yeah, training. I guess they, and I mean, you could have, but the movie, it's it, it was a. It's do you believe kind it's going to be in, in the series? Do you think that they're going to yeah. incorporate that into the series? I do, I do. See, and that's that's my problem. I I really don't like that. I I would rather they have they had made a complete movie, in because I mean, if you watched a, a Hollywood blockbuster movie and they skipped all of these moments out, I mean, people lost their shit when um. 
the Hulk could be controlled. Yeah. Everyone was so angry at that because it was, you know, why? <laughs> there was no elaboration. It was just, oh, he can just be calm now. So I think that's it ties in with this as well. Um, they're, they're really skipping. So you think they made this movie knowing that they were going to address what actually happened in the series? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think that's what well, Dragon Ball was... Super is. I think Dragon Ball Super, not to hate on Dragon Ball Super too much, because I think it's getting more hate than it deserves. But um, yeah. but I really think Dragon Ball Super is just filler. I think Dragon Ball Super is not filler as in not canon. I just mean filler as in it's filling out the gaps and the, and the questions you had over both movies, because that's what it seems to be doing now with the new edition of a character called Champa, who I'm like, oh, great, a fat cat. Great. <laughs> I'm so excited to see him. But um there's there's plenty I mean, this is this isn't all negative. I I just I don't have all negative answers. Everything here isn't hatred. Like, um, for example, Jacko. He was amazing. Yeah. I loved him. The humor in, in the movie? Yes. The, awesome. The humor in the movie was fantastic. Whoever yeah. wrote the comedy was just on point. They knew what they were doing. Everything was just amazing. Toriyama. That was all Toriyama. And it was so well done. But it didn't. But the thing is, it didn't feel like Toriyama's comedic style. I don't know if maybe it was like that in Dragon Ball. I don't remember Dragon Ball too much. But um, it was definitely a lot more... You know, it wasn't like the whole from Dragon Ball Z where they would just bang their heads or just eat a lot of food. It was like, oh, that's funny, kind of. This one actually well, had jokes that was really like, wow, that was hilarious. Yeah, I see, and I thought it was all Toriyama. Oh. Well, I'll give him yeah. credit for that. <laughs> so, well, I think you need to read uh, Jocko the Galactic Patrolman to actually understand it. Oh, he has Did something. You... I thought he was just a filler character as well. I thought he just no. Fell into the mix. You didn't know this? Nope. I thought he was a character. No, that just... no, 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 no. They, they, they um, introduced him through a a manga called Jocko the Galactic Patrolman with the uh, a plus one chapter. And uh, that was with Dragon Ball Minus. And we actually have a page on the site that gives a breakdown of it all. And I actually have Jocko, the manga, on my phone. I, I only paid like four ninety nine for it on Amazon Digital Books. You have to read it. You, wow. you'll, it'll make all sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to do that because I, I had no idea. I just didn't – Yeah. because it seemed like – and that was one of the moments that I was actually going to pick on when Frieza said, hmm, that guy's from the Galactic Alliance. I was like, okay, you're just trying to make it canon now, which is what they were doing. Nope, he existed. He, he has always existed. Yeah, so, so that one definitely burns a hole in one of my theories. But the other ones, they're inexcusable, like the whole King Cold uh, references, the Margin Buu references, which where the hell was Margin Buu? Oh, my God, that annoyed me so much. I was fuming really? at this. I was so mad. Like, it's... You cannot speak of a character so highly throughout the entire movie and then just completely disregard him. It was just so wrong. It, it was ridiculous. And and I didn't like that they were trying to force this whole Freezer was hired by Beerus canon story. It really felt like they were forcing this issue on me. Like it was like, Lord Beerus. And it, he was all scared of Beerus and things. And I was like, yeah, dude, you're not scared of him. Like, you didn't know who he was. This is just made-up story. I didn't like that, and I still to this day don't like the whole premise of Beerus. I think he's... I really don't like... I, I'm not saying I don't like his character, and I'm not saying I didn't like the movie, because I enjoyed the movie. I thoroughly enjoyed the interactions between the characters. And I enjoyed hearing Frieza be like, you know, don't fuck with Majin Buu. 
I kind of enjoyed that. But at the same time, I couldn't help but think to myself, yeah, I can't help but wonder if Frieza back in the day would really be like, I don't want to mess with Majin Buu. I don't think that would happen. Um, obviously, he wasn't, Majin Buu wasn't planned at the time, but I still think that you need to follow your story. Follow your story. Don't just sort of try and force canon experiences on me. Because it, it, it hurts me as an old fan of the old series. It really does make me think like, so now do I have to watch Dragon Ball Z again and disregard everything I knew and felt about Frieza being this powerful tyrant? You know, it's like, now what? <laughs> Who is he now? Is he just a coward? And that four months training ridiculous bullshit is just ridiculous. Oh my God, I want to throw something. It's See, and I love that. Dude. That's the one thing that I, I could... I will always disagree with you. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I can't, I can't like, deal with it. <laughs> think about it. If you were born with an amazing ability and you didn't have to train to be the best, would you train? But what? how did he get the forms? When did he get his fourth form then? Was he just chilling on a beach somewhere and just all of a sudden, hey, I know what I'll do today. I'll go bald. And then he just transformed? Like, But but that's that's the point, though. Think about that. If you had this amazing ability to... Be as strong as you wanted to and needed to when you needed to and wanted to without having to do anything, without having to put any effort into it. Would you give effort when effort isn't needed? But, but do you not feel that like it sort of it sort of makes this whole Beerus, you know, Beerus is his kind of puppeteer. It kind of makes it stupid in a way because surely Freeze is actually now the same power level as Beerus. Because uh, him, uh, if, I don't think if, so. Well, hear, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Um, Super Saiyan God, right? The the pink, silly Kaioken hair, which I don't like. <laughs> so we got him fighting Beerus at 70%, and they were pretty equal. I, I wouldn't say, you know, Goku was losing that fight. I, I think they were very on par with each other at the 70%, as Beerus claimed. Um, but Goku, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, I feel would be considerably stronger than Super Saiyan God, which would put him somewhere near Beerus's max, right? So I'm just doing this mathematics nonsense right now. But I feel he'd be closer. He'd be closing that 30% kind of gap, you know, from the 70% power level to the 100%. So he's closing that gap now. Frieza was dominating Goku. He dominated Goku. He didn't have a scratch on his body. Whether you can say that was animation or whatever, I don't care. He didn't have a scratch on him. He was dominating that fight. So that means that surely he would be on par with Beerus. He, he has to be. It's possible, but you have and, to but you do realize that when they were training with Beerus and Whis on uh Beerus's planet or whatever whatever it was for that matter, he said or Whis basically said, you know, if Goku and Vegeta fought together, they would they could take, overthrow him. Yeah, exactly. So, with that said, if Goku were to fight him alone, he's still saying that he wouldn't beat him, no? Exactly, but it it sounds very weird, because Frieza would beat Goku. I mean, this is the point. Frieza would beat Goku. Goku only won because of Frieza's weakness being, you know, he he got the new... It was sort of like the whole Vegeta's Ultra Super Saiyan and Trunks' Ultra Super Saiyan. He just kind of got this new power and just thought, I can use this. Well, maybe um, Frieza's... Maybe the, that goes back to you saying, you know, how he looked at... Beerusen was like kind of in shock that he was there where he was like there were two people my father told me never to mess around with Majin Buu mm -hmm. and Beerus the Destroyer maybe that was just him thinking about like okay so I was told not to fuck with this guy kind of thing like I should be afraid like, of him 
do you feel like Frieza's the type of person, I mean, harking back to the old days, do you feel like he's the type of person who'd be like, okay, I won't fuck with them? I mean, it seems a bit... Well, That's every time I he I sees like blonde hair, blue eyes, he freaks out. He gets scared now, yeah. <laughs> but then again, he has reason to. I mean, he never saw Beerus. Well, no, 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 sorry. Now he's seen Beerus, because Beerus exists. But I can't fucking stand it. Dude, they need to just wipe <laughs> Beerus off. I, I can't stand it. I also want to say, Whis. Right? Sure. I don't think Whis is stronger than Beerus. Really? I don't think he is. I really don't think he is. And um, I people are shocked, but then I mind fuck everyone when I say this, right? Okay, okay. let's hear Whis, it. Whis, Whis says about his body moving without him, you know, doing it. It, it just reacts to whatever's happening. So that being said, and he also said that Beerus isn't proficient at it. He's still learning. So Beerus is is learning to use this. So it would it would make sense that Whis is his teacher. Obviously, this is one of the things he's trying to teach him to do. But um, because obviously, at that point, I assume Beerus is still undergoing some form of training. Most but likely. um, yeah. But at, at the same time, every attack Whis has ever done, apart from one moment when he pushed Goku away with like this energy thing, every single one of his attacks have always been catching someone off guard, and it was shown in this movie. That when a when a Super Saiyan, for example, is off guard, they can be hurt. They can be killed because they don't know it's coming, and they can get killed by a simple blaster. So well, it well shows I think that that, that if, was just the moral of the story. Well, that's that's exactly my point. I think that so basically, if you're not ready for something, if you haven't got your guard up, you know you are you are just a normal man. You are weak. You are still weak to these things. A these shot things to the heart. A shot you. to the heart. Yeah, and I think that's why Whis is not as strong as he's shown i think every attack that he's ever done he has he has done by catching the player catching the player by catching the person off guard and allowing his body to move without him thinking about it so the person he's attacking doesn't have time to realize what he's actually doing it's a real it's really if you, i don't think this is it's actually a deep the premise concept. of it i don't I think, think it's a, yeah i don't know if deep. that would go into that that's sort my of depth point i don't think to... he would go into it but i think if no Goku, but you're right example, when he, learned... he knocks beerus out Caught him off guard. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I think if if they, if if they came to physical blows, I think Beerus would come on top. But I think because they, you know, because he's able to just move, which really would make him invincible. <laughs> if yeah. if he never has to think, he's pretty much you can never touch him. So it's it's amazing. His character is amazing. But okay, I'm going way off topic. But um, yeah, <laughs> like there's there's some more things about the movie that sort of like got me and. The sneeze, for example, the Beerus sneeze. Um, <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah, yeah. Like every every Dragon Ball fan picks on the Superman fans because he blew away a galaxy by sneezing. Um, Beerus sneezed and blew up a planet. Are we not going to address that? Is that not a thing? Is is that fine? Okay, he can do that. Do we just agree I... with it? I mean, it's. What do you in terms of what like it happened? Just whatever. Yeah, I mean it happened. I'm sure it was a joke. It wasn't meant to be taken serious. But shit, this happened on screen, so I'm gonna say this is canon. This happened. So um, like yeah, he sneezed and blew up a planet. Can we not just say that that is bullshit then? Because if if Superman can sneeze and blow away a galaxy and that's bullshit, then Beerus is bullshit. Okay, I just want to say I hate the character, so I'm just gonna pick on him. I can't believe you don't like Beerus. I think his character is hilarious. I'd like his character had he been introduced from the beginning, but because yeah. he's being forced into the story, I don't like him. Okay, understood. That's my reason. It's not that I don't like his actual character. I think his actual character is really good. 
but because he's forced into the story, apart from the whole cakey and shit, I, I don't like that. You know, food. <laughs> I get the comedy, but I yeah, really, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a real nitpick right now. But that ice cream should have melted. I'm just gonna say that ice cream should have melted a long time ago. <laughs> Dude, he, look, Bulma oh, addressed God. it to him, right? And in that time, there was a fight. There was a huge fight scene. She had it in a spaceship. Then it was half hour from Whis flying there. That was about an hour's time, okay? I just want to say it. There was an hour's time. The it ice should cream have melted. Melt. <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream was uh, done, guys. That's funny. It should have blown up the planet. It should have been done. Oh, there's one fault. Blowing up the planet. I just want to say this. Um, Beerus can't survive in space. How do you feel, guys? I just want to address that. Beerus cannot survive in space. He panicked when Freezer blew up the planet and told Whis to be quick. He said, yeah. Whis, quick. He doesn't care about the planet for a start. He's always threatening to destroy it. He doesn't care. So why would he care about the planet? He obviously cared about himself being safe. So, and Maybe. plus when they fly, they that fly could with be a, a plot hole. bubble. That's yeah. true. That could be a plot hole. So I'm thinking, because he also says as well, oh yes, his race can survive in space, in a vacuum. He says, oh yes, his, his race can survive in a vacuum. So why would he specifically say that if he cannot do it too? So, Interesting. And plus he doesn't have instant transmission, so we know that they are limited in their abilities. They don't have the abilities that other races have. So I'm I'm curious. I'm, I find it funny as well, and the Battle of God's fight scene. I mean, you know what? I've spoken so much because I've still got another page, but you know what, dude? No, you... con no continue. Just... This is seriously go. Keep going. Okay, all right. Um, I'm listening. Gohan. Um, ignoring the tracksuit because I don't hate the tracksuit. To be honest, I don't really care about the tracksuit. I think yep. you know what you train, whatever, right? He even mentions it. He says he was in a rush because they had ten minutes. What was you going to do in ten minutes? He had to get dressed quickly. Yeah, well, but, um, Krillin got a haircut, but that's besides the point. Yeah, Krillin... Oh, no, it was an hour, sorry. It was an hour, but yeah, Krillin, <laughs> yeah, Krillin got a haircut, so come on. But um, And I love that, by the way. I thought it was great. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, did you notice how skinny Gohan was when he was carrying the shop in? Yes. At the beginning. That was... That pissed me off, because even Saiyan babies have muscular physiques. They're not... I mean, they have little fat tummies, but when they're about, like, three years old, I mean, like, you know, when Kid Vegeta and stuff, all right, they had been training, but Trunks, for example, Trunks and Goten, they yeah. still had a physique to them. They weren't twigs. This was disgusting. He looked like Sonic the Hedgehog. He had those little twig things. I, I think that was ridiculous. I I can't believe they've done that to Gohan. I'm really pissed that they've done this to the character who I thought was the best character in all of the series. I'm... I'm really quite pissed, and I, I feel bad for Kyle, because he has fun doing the character, and I, I he must feel bad, surely. Like, he's got to look at this character and think, he was once a reputable character, he was an amazing character, and now I'm voicing this pansy. Do you it's... really think so? I, see, I wouldn't think that of, I wouldn't think that of Kyle. He I, I actually, think that... I think he loves the character as he is, as he is. Do you not think like he would be a little bit critical, like as we are, because we are very critical of Gohan's kind of change. I I understand he's a family man, so he wouldn't be training. Um, that's fully understandable. So him getting weaker or anything like that, I would totally be on board with because he's a family guy. He's not going to be training. Um, but it's the fact that his physique changed drastically into this horrible anorexic child. It was just really, <laughs> and Piccolo as well. Was he not training? Gohan's stronger than Piccolo in this. Yeah. No way! That's unbelievable. I do not believe for a second that Piccolo would never train. I do not believe that for a second. Piccolo should be on par with Super Saiyan 3. At least. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, you got to think of how strong he was in the Cell Saga. He was stronger than Super Saiyan. So, he must have 
considerably got you know got considerable stronger. I don't know. He he's got to be strong, surely. He's got to be stronger yeah, than he is. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't know about that. He he. That's it's that's very, always up for debate. It's very hard. I think while we're midway into this, I I've just got to say like I totally get that this movie was made for fans. This is totally a fan. You can see that this movie was made for fans because it wasn't made to be. I don't think this movie was made to be serious, like a serious story development. It was clearly because it was like Freezer was born then dead in the same movie. So it's clear that this was just put in to be exciting for the fans. So I I fully get that some of these won't be serious points. That I'm just taking them as if this movie was the whole series. So that's why I'm critiquing it so harsh. Uh, I'm not looking at the bigger picture. I'm just looking at this sort of bracket that we had an hour and a half. Um, that's why I'm being very critical. Because uh, I know someone's probably listening to this right now and thinking, yeah, dude, you're a bit too bit too much. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's the first page. Done. I'm just going to throw that out of the way now. Oh, the fusion. Sorry, the fusion. Um, they hint they hint at the fusion, don't they? They um, At the beginning. A couple times. They, yeah, a couple times. They say, we says if you work together. And in, you could think of that being teamwork, but no, because Vegeta says, we tried that once before. I'll never do that again. Obviously speaking about Vegeta. Correct. Um, and then at the end of the movie... Goku goes to address Vegeta, and then Vegeta's like, I don't want to hear about this, something like teamwork or working together. And then Goku responds with, like, I'm glad you feel the same way, ha ha ha. And he's like laughing, which makes me feel that is this never going to happen? Is that the developers and the creators saying to us, yeah, fusion's done? Like, they didn't like fusion, we're never doing it again. Because if that's so, I'm pissed off because. Vegeta was the best thing to happen to Dragon Ball Z, and Gogeta would be even better. So, I don't think that they're just writing it off. I don't. They better not. <laughs> I think it's just them establishing, you know, their position in pro- with their pride. Mm. You know, they they'll never admit to each other that they need each other to win. And hopefully, this new, oh no, because Champa's going to come before Freezer, isn't he? So correct. So yeah, it probably won't happen there, but it's a shame. It's a shame to think that it might happen. Um, positive note, I have another positive. Yay! Roshi, <laughs> man, Roshi was awesome. I was have so never happy. Seen, you, you've never seen Dragon Ball, have you? I have, but I didn't watch it. And, like I was, I was, a, I was a very young kid. I used to watch it when I used to collect the Dragon Ball trading cards. So you can imagine that's like ninety-seven, ninety-eight. But um, yeah, I don't remember anything really about it. I remember the main points, like the Piccolo and Goku fight, the Tien fight, and teaching the Kamehameha and things like that. But I don't remember too much. But it was very nice to see just him being the original Roshi. You know, he come on screen and he's like, he just powers up. He does the Kamehameha. He does the one-handed Kamehameha. That was amazing. Like, I was so excited. And I love that he was on par with... I could be a critic right here and just say, yeah, he wouldn't be on par with the with the um, soldiers, but I'm not going to pick on that because it was amazing. I thought, he was, <laughs> I thought he was spectacular. So I'm not going to pick no, on that. No, he did a good job. Um, it was, there was good moments. Like, there was really throughout... Leading up... It's hard to, it's hard to critique this movie because I loved it so much. I, I loved it so much, but I have so many negative points and so many things that want you know that make me want to sort of break into an angry rant and just get real mad about it. Yeah, but, well, the thing is, you established at the beginning that you know, let's be clear, you, you loved the movie. Yeah. But it when when listening to negatives, it always seems to far outweigh no matter what you say beforehand because it Definitely. is a negative. 
yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to watch it a second time and pick up on my negatives, but I don't want you to think that it will ruin it for you because I've watched it again and again, and it hasn't ruined it for me those other times. It's made it better. It's still just as enjoyable as it was. Though, I have a real gripe with the music choice for Freezer's birth, if you want to call it. Uh, well, the music I, placement in general, to me, was a mistake. But... I, what was like? I'm a big fan of rock and metal music. I listen to Disturbed, Avenged Sevenfold, you know the other rock bands. But to hear that scream music and it was just so off key, it just wasn't. It did not fit what was happening on screen. Well, the name of the song was... is "F" by Maximum the Hormone, and the song is literally about Frieza, and that song was Toriyama's inspiration for the film. Toriyama listened to that. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Crazy, right? I'm... Wow. He must do a lot of drugs. If, if... Seriously, that was... <laughs> did, did you hear the chorus? It's like, freeze a freeze a freeze a freeze a... I, I don't think I did. It's... I, yeah. Because I, all, all I could hear was like, I sort of zoned out when it was on. I was like, there was a bit that sounded good. It like midway, there was like a little bit. I was like, this sounds good when he wasn't screaming. And then all of a sudden it was like... Rah, rah, rah. I was like, whoa, dude, this is... They're saying freeze it's literally the name of the song, like I said, F, Maximum the Hormone, about Frieza, and that song was Toriyama's inspiration for the film. Wow, I'm going to I'm gonna listen to that after. I need to... I'll probably like it now yeah. that I know that. I'm probably going to listen to it. It's amazing. It's the best song ever. Yeah. It's a heavy metal rock band in Japan. Wow, that's... And I actually do like some Japanese... Um, like a headbang. There's a song called Headbanger. I actually like it. It's quite good. Um... Okay, um, another positive. I got another positive. I'm sorry I'm taking up all of your talking time. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just no, kidding. don't. Seriously, I honestly, this is more about you than it is about me because I've seen it and discussed this before. So. All right, I feel good now. Um, all right, well, Vegeta's intrusion. I I loved it. I didn't like that Vegeta was sidelined again. I, I think every fan hates that and we're sick of it. But um, Vegeta's intrusion into the fight when he broke in and just started wailing on Goku, I loved it. That was so amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was so, and I love that Frieza was sort of like throughout the entire fight, he believed Vegeta he, was on his he side. He was just ignorant. It was stupid. Like that. See, to me, that was stupid. Like, really? Oh, you're you're still loyal to me? Like, shut up. I, like, I kind of liked on. it because um because Frieza's been dead for so long. I would I would think Frieza would be would be in the frame set that Vegeta's still at war with Goku, so that's why they're both here. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, if he just saw them together, he'd be thinking, oh, these two are still fighting? Really? Like, and then he'd be wondering, oh, Goku obviously didn't kill him because he has a good heart, so Vegeta's still weak, and blah, blah, blah. Then he finds out he's a Super Saiyan, and then he's kind of pissed. But, um, that, that annoyed me so much. Why give Vegeta such a big build-up? Make him this, you know, amazing sort of... He gets this amazing line as Vegeta does. You know, he gets the awesome, I'm going to pound you into oblivion type thing. But then what happens? He's never he's never true. He never holds to his promises. He he steps up. He hits him like once or twice. I don't know how many times he hits him. I was blinked and I missed it. It was like, oh, Vegeta's on the floor now. Then he does his big scream. That sort of reminds me of Kid Boo, Majin Boo, like... <laughs> and then you're like, oh, Vegeta's about to kill him. This is going to be amazing. Kill him, Vegeta. I'm begging you. And then fucking turn the time back. Are you kidding me? Like, that was the biggest foreshadow I've ever seen in any movie in my life. 
I've never seen at the beginning of the movie, he mentions he can time travel. And I was like, yep, here we go. That's how he's going to save the day. I just knew it. I was like, that's what's going to happen. You foreshadowed so hard. And um, what a bullshit ability. I like that it was. But don't you think that that was that tied in with the whole moral of the story? Oh, man, like <laughs> the moral of the story is, <laughs> you know, they're really touching on the fact that Goku is ignorant. Vegeta is sort of too too proud and stuff. But it was they ignored Vegeta. This was all Goku. This entire movie was Goku. Admittedly, it was all Goku needs to learn a lesson type thing. That's all it was. Again, which I'm getting yeah, sick of. The lesson was no matter how big and how strong you are, if you're not paying attention and you're caught off guard, you're still beatable. Yeah, <laughs> and also you know don't be so don't be so naive as to think someone's going to change or someone's because you know he kept offering the helping hand to to um. Freezer yeah. and Freezer was also foreshadowing. He was saying throughout his trip towards Earth, he was like, he was mentioning that nasty, that blasted say it. Well, he's probably saying that cunt of a saying, <laughs> swearing a lot. But he was, <laughs> but he he was like, yeah, that saying is showing mercy, and he it makes me sick and all this. And I was like, oh yeah, you're foreshadowing. Here we go. Goku's not going to kill you. Then Goku kills him, but in the most cheap way ever. It's unbelievable. Um, but I, it's very. Man, I'm being so critical of this. I'm, I feel so bad. <laughs> it's not bad, man. You gotta have your, your some of your gripes, you know. It's really. It feels like I'm griping a lot. It feels like I'm being very harsh on every point. But I want. I keep I have to illustrate in this point that it's an amazing movie, and I thoroughly believe I'm going to go watch it. I'm gonna own the DVD. I truly love this movie, but there are things that I have to pick on as a fan just to show you that you know I'm. I'm still a. I'm still a human. I'm not blinded by this fanboy vision. I'm still going to look at it and be like, these things need to change. You know, not showing Majin Buu, I think, is the biggest mistake I've ever seen, ever. I hope to God, in the Dragon Ball Super, they say, well, Majin Buu had his period or something. He couldn't be there. He, he <laughs> better have a damn... No, he better have a damn good reason, dude. Because, oh, like, there was no reason why... They built him up. and And also... In Battle of Gods, Beerus didn't even know who the fuck Boo was. He was just like, oh, give me some of your your cake or whatever it was. I was like, um, you're aware that's Majin Boo, right? Like, you should kind of be a little concerned, maybe. Because surely he, surely, like, Super Boo, for example, is sort of up there with Beerus. He's got to yeah. be. But, and Frieza um, was aware of who Majin Boo was. Yeah, and it seems like a lot so of So that points. means that Beerus should have been at least somewhat aware. Yeah, and the, it, it leaves a lot of holes for them to fill in um, Dragon Ball Super, which is understandable, they want to push it, but I don't think Dragon Ball Super's going to last. I think it's just going to be done. We'll touch on that in a minute, because <laughs> I know you have different opinions on that as well. But um, yeah, like, okay, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually coming to the end of my points. Um, I did mention the um, Goku God matching 70% Beerus, and it's like, he should be stronger. Um, like, Well, Freezer at least should be stronger than Beerus by now. But, um, okay, so, oh, yeah, um, Sorbet's death, I thought that was great. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I thought just that was so the classy. Deflection. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so classy, and I just thought, yeah, this is why I love Vegeta. He comes in and he he does shit. He, he gets it done. I was really hoping, uh, I don't know if anyone else was when they were watching this, I don't know if you were, um, but when Freeze was like, shut up, you cow, or something, he just shouts at Bulma, and I was like, Please, Vegeta, punch him in the face right there. Just don't even cut to Vegeta. Just have a fist wailing on Freeze's face at that moment. Like, yeah, that would have been cool. 
that would have been a step because that was at the point when he was trying to seduce Vegeta into killing Goku. And I didn't, they cock teased. I was like, yeah, but he's not going to. I, okay, I'm not going to lie. All right, I'm not going to lie. I did kind of have like a, is Vegeta actually going to do this? Like, I was kind of like, is he contemplating this? Like, I knew he wasn't going to, but at the same time, there was one moment while he was talking to him, I was like, like I think it was the moment when he offered him the, um, the role. Yeah, where his, like, whole complexion changed. Yeah, and he was like, are you serious? Is that a serious offer? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you gonna take it? But oh man, and then Beerus, if Beerus would have stepped in, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to have seen Beerus go up against Freezer at some point. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm actually at the end of my point. So I got one more point, which is, um, I mean, I've already said it, which was Beerus panicking about the planet exploding. Which um, I, I still got to mention it. Like, it's, so he cannot really survive in space. It's kind of a shock to me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of shocked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I no, I, it makes sense. I didn't even think of that either, but that that is true, and the way they showed it, it's just like you know, Weiss now. Yeah. <laughs> also, when they when they fly, you know, Weiss puts a bubble around them when they fly, so it's when they fly through space. So it's it must be clear. I'm I'm very shocked. I'm incredibly shocked that he can't. That's a so you can destroy a planet and kill him. That's that's amazing to think about. Yeah, that. Th- essentially so. Yeah, that's true. It's that, that is interesting. Hmm. But I did, I did like what Freezer did. Um, I did like Freezer exploding the planet. Um, even though I hated the reverse time thing, I think if the movie was longer, they would have sort of found a way to get Dragon Balls and do something else to kill him, which I would have preferred to reversing time. I feel that that was a cop out. Um, but I loved that Freezer actually did. You know, fuck this. I'm blowing it up. Like, I'm not. I'm not doing what I did on Namek. I'm not just gonna go here and just leave it to burn for a three hour fight. I'm gonna just obliterate this planet and i loved it the fight was too short i gotta say the fight was too short these are these are my big problems right? i'm just gonna say my fight is too short and the um the transformations were terrible it was too quick there was no drama in them they just could sort of transform that was it it was done i was like wow okay cool but um i mean that's pretty much it uh jacko i <laughs> the drawing ah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was incredibly yeah, funny here's a little sketch <laughs> oh my god, that's a fucking awesome voice. <laughs> that was great. Uh, he was he was he was definitely the best character. I loved him in there. I thought he was yeah. standout feature. Honestly, that when when I talk about mine cuz I I'm, I'm going to make it short cuz we're we're running on fairly long. But um yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to just talk about for the most part was Jocko and his character and how it's just you know, I read the manga and Jocko just I don't think that they could have picked a better English voice actor to do his part because he was cocky, he was confident, he was kind of timid and you can see that he was I mean confident and cocky but also at the same time he knew his limits like what what did he say he's like uh suicide missions are <laughs> or like I don't even remember what he said. The galactic thing as a as a strict rule against suicide. <laughs> yeah, like that's funny, you know. Like clearly he he's frightened, and then he was like, "So you think I can get a picture with Beerus?" <laughs> like, like that's just funny, man. It's your funeral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never mind. But no, it was good. And then he what he's like, he did like the whole backflip, and then he's like, "Bang!" with the guns. The <laughs> yeah. That was great, and like he dived in the water and things. He just made them all smash into the um. Yeah, yeah. But it was a really, 
<laughs> no, it, it was good. Now, my I'm trying to think of my biggest complaints for the movie because I really did like it. I I definitely say it, it's it it is in my top five. I'd probably say it's I, honestly I it's so new that it's hard to say it's not number one because I can go back and watch all of them and say you know what this is number one this is number one. So right now mm-hmm. this is number one for me at this moment in time. It's my favorite movie right now. So going back and looking on things, I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. Now I think it in terms of the movie itself, I don't really have many complaints in terms of the dub. It's just the movie itself, the music placement threw me off. The I don't think the music was placed properly. The type of music. You know, it's just what we're stuck with now. It's Norihito Sumitomo, who uh, composed Battle of Gods and is doing Super as well as the, excuse me, Majin Buu arc of Kai. So we're stuck with that. It's just, I think the placement could have been better. The theme songs were kind of just thrown into the mix at random times. I I, I didn't like that. Um, I think the fight with uh, Gohan, Piccolo, and all of them, I think it was too quiet. I think there should have been more music then. Yeah. Uh, but that that's my biggest complaint. Now, the other things that I would say that I didn't necessarily like was uh, there were too many gaps between the fight and the side conversations. You know, like they were they were fighting and then they would go up and you'd be seeing Bulma and everyone else on the sidelines. And it was, strawberries and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Was, like to me, I, they should have focused more on the fight when the fight was actually happening because the fight scene wasn't very long, but the, it's definitely a, a dramatic increase from Battle of Gods. But I actually think you saw more of the fight in Battle of Gods than you did in Resurrection F. There was more fight screen time for the fight. Definitely. Well, the fight in Battle of Gods was just one sequence, wasn't it? It was just they yeah. followed the fight with a. Ca- it was sort of as if we had like a flyby camera following them. But yeah, this the one, CG. They they really just sort of said, "Nah, we're just gonna keep going dialogue." It was, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it it, it was your typical DBZ though. It was just like your dialogue, just staring at each other. Now, my, I think my favorite part of the movie was the one inch punch. You know, I liked it on its own, but I don't really think I liked it in the movie. I, really? Really, wow. I, I didn't. I, I you I'm know, surprised. I said this to you before. I said this was like my favorite part. I told you that I thought it was amazing when I saw it in you know the trailer or the clips that I had seen um, prior to the release and things. But yeah, once once I saw it on in the actual fight itself, I was like, it was it was obviously the turning point. Um, you saw this was the moment when Goku had the upper hand now. Yeah. But um, so I like that they sort of did it that way. They put it there like that. It wasn't. It's because it wasn't surrounded by anything epic. It was like that was the moment, and then nothing else happened. Like right. here's the here's the really epic moment. He's punched him, and then it was just like, and now what? And it was like nothing else happened. So I was very disappointed with it. I would have liked to have seen it happen in conjunction with other things. Like he does the punch, and then just beats the shit out of him. But no, right. we just got the punch, and then that was it. It was just done. I, I just uh, liked the symbolism there. It was just, you know, just just the one-inch punch is it's iconic. Just... Bruce Lee, yeah, exactly. It's an iconic punch, and he threw that in there, which was great, which why I liked it. But yeah. um, I, I think the CG was a big step up from Battle of Gods. 
I, I really liked the sequence where he was like gliding on the water, dodging the the energy blasts. Mm-hmm. Like that. The that was really interesting. The whole animation was much better. The whole everything oh, yeah. was better. Yeah, it, the animation director uh, was Tadayoshi Yamamoro, and he is. Uh, I mean, he's one of the guys who was in the the Dragon Ball Z series itself. And he's well-respected and very good at what he does. And I think he was the right choice uh, for this. And he did a great job. Now, um, it's hard to come up with a lot of the things that I didn't like because I really did enjoy the movie. And, like, you did touch on a lot of the things that could be uh, critiqued on. But it's not something that I would actually go looking for unless I actually looked at it in the way you were. Because I looked at it from... A review standpoint, as in, all right, continuity. Uh, how was the animation? Like, I, I didn't go into de- in depth saying, hmm, interesting. He can't survive in space, and blah 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 blah. So it was more or less like, was it good or was it bad? Like, where did it fall on the scale of one to ten? And I gave it an eight and a half. And most of it was because of the music placement, like some awkward CG at times. Um, but there wasn't much there for me to complain about. But I'll say one thing. When they first came to Earth and he first transformed, when Frieza went to his final form right off the bat, I I didn't like how they looked so frightened and shocked right off the bat, but Goku manhandled him in base form. I I I just think that that was over-exaggerated a a lot. Yeah, it was... It was more of a, like, the after the fact, it was more of a surprise that, wow, he got really strong really fast. But they didn't even make it look like, oh, you know what, he got strong, but what the hell, in base form, I'll still be able to walk, run circles around him, you know? Mm. It, it, they definitely tried their hardest to illustrate just how powerful Goku is compared to his son and Piccolo and everything. Because right. in base form, and as we know from previous with uh, Frieza, unless he transforms into his next stage, you cannot measure his power. Because yeah. his power is relative to his stage. And, right. um, you know, Gohan and Piccolo are like... He's in a whole new league. And it's like when he's in his base form and he just obliterates Gohan. Just one punches him straight in the stomach and just kills him essentially. Piccolo has to do some weird Jesus thing and save him. (laughs) But, um, but like, I don't know what he did. Put put some clothes on his heart or something. I don't know. He just jump started. Yeah. 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 But, um, it was weird that base form Freezer was so much stronger than even final form Freezer from way back in the day, because obviously Gohan and Piccolo should be able to, as you say, manhandle Frieza. Um, But yeah, then he transforms into his final form. He should be pretty OP. But again, Goku is more OP and just bullies him, just throws him around. There's nothing Frieza can do. And then he transforms. Frieza should have been stronger, I think. Well, you know what? I think he should have been... I think he should have been weaker because really? four months training, I just find it ridiculous because there's been like 12 years or something has passed, probably longer than that. And um, I just find it funny. I just think that the power levels between each one of his forms, obviously he didn't transform each one, but um, there should have been more, they should have been closely sort of measured. I, suppose. I don't know. Like his base form shouldn't have been as OP as it was. Being as, as OP as it was, his final form should have been even more ridiculous. It should have been stronger than Goku on that basis. But um, I still find it hilarious how powerful he got in such a short time. I think, dude, like, if you trained for, like, one more month, you could have overpowered Beerus. Like, what the fuck? So it's it's very fun. I like the joke as well that he makes. He's like, um, when he says, if I train for four months, I can get 
my power level up to one one million five hundred thousand something like that. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. I yeah, like, power, power levels bullshit. Power levels. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh boy. Yeah, but if so, let's just let's cut this up for. Uh, let's take this to a close for the main topic, unless you have more to add. But what what would you rate this on the scale of one to ten? Oh, uh, what what are we grading it by? Are we grading it by blockbuster movies? Because I'd put it very low. No, just overall by... overall Dragon Ball Z picture. I mean, if this was the only movie you've ever seen, and you wanted to give it the scale of one to ten. Right, if, it, if it was the only movie I'd ever seen, I wouldn't be as much of a harsh critic as I've been. Uh, if it was the only movie I'd seen, I'd give this like right up there with eight and a half, nine something. It would definitely be something that would make me want to watch the series. Um, being the fan of the original, like the Freezer saga itself, I'm going to ignore the other sagas. So the Freezer saga itself, and then watching this movie, I'd give it around a, I'd say an eight, a strong eight. I wouldn't really go higher than an eight, just a strong eight. It's a good movie. It was a good movie, but. That being said, I'd probably give like Fusion Reborn like a ten, and then I'd say, "Well, this is better than Fusion Reborn." So I don't know. My grading system's all over the place. I'd say this is <laughs> it's well above average. Put it that way. I gave it an eight and a half in my review, so I'm gonna stay with that as well. But um, but before we end this uh this podcast, I I did promise a bunch of people on Twitter. I'm sorry, not Twitter, on Instagram that we would address some questions. But we're, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how long this is going to turn out to be. I think it's going to be around an hour and a half. Okay, so the first question I want to address is, it's kind of an interesting question. And I'm sure a lot of people would ask this too, maybe. I don't know. But uh, this one was asked by Nick Luna 58 in all caps. That's why I'm answering this. Why didn't Vegeta get to go the fuck in on Frieza? That is not fair. Only makes sense that Vegeta killed the bastard who murdered his father and his race and lied to him as well as used him for years. Yet Goku still got to go in. Not cool, man. Not fucking cool. <laughs> I like that guy. And I added that last <laughs> I added that last fucking to make it more interesting. <laughs> I like that but guy. I like him. I want to be his My friend. response to this is watch Kai. Watch Kai. I think I need to watch Kai now. Damn. But Vegeta didn't get to go in on Frieza because the story didn't call for it. But for the rest of that question, watch Kai. And then tell me whether or not Vegeta got used. And whether or not Frieza murdered his father. And I say that because you'll find out sooner or later on Dragon Ball Super what actually happened. Anyway... The next question is from Submortal Wookie. They never explained why their hair is blue. I know they're Super Saiyan God, but didn't they have red hair in Battle of Gods? Is this a new level or a just mastered Super Saiyan God? This is actually um, it is a new form in in a in a weird way because it, it's explained as it being able to tap into God mode uh, with their like at will, but you hear it described in different ways for example this is uh, a super saiyan god with the power of a super saiyan so what they're calling this term that wasn't mentioned in the film they're calling it super saiyan god super saiyan so i hope that answers your question this question says how did goku go or go how did vegeta go super saiyan super saiyan god or super saiyan god super saiyan sorry um we don't know uh it's 
just through training with Beerus and Weiss, presumably. I'm going to just ask this, answer this last one, and you could chime in on this too if you want. This is by 318Chase. Your opinion on why Vegeta is neglected as a character. I mean, I love Goku, but it seems as Vegeta gets no respect at all. Go ahead, why don't you address that? I, I fully agree with him. I think I think Vegeta's getting no respect. I think he needs more respect. They're damaging his character, personally. I think they're just they're hurting his character. Given what we've seen in Dragon Ball Super and in Battle of Gods... Um, I don't like what I understand why they did what they did, but in this movie, this was the perfect opportunity for Jeter to take some of his his power, his aggression, his hatred, and to just fight, to just go all out and just kill Freeze and things. And he only got two minutes of screen time. I think he's being neglected as a character, and it's upsetting to see it because he's always been neglected as a character. And I think it's I think that's a common trend with Dragon Ball. Anything that's always been will always be. I think whatever has been will always continue to be that way um, in terms of like the fighting styles, the character developments, how the characters grow, everything. It's all going to be the same, which is, you know, don't expect Vegeta to have any sort of, you know, victories, so to speak, because he's never had one and I don't think he's ever going to. I think it's always going to be this. He has his good moment, but then he's ultimately not the winner per se. And uh, it's upsetting. He, but we get to see some badass moments from Vegeta, which are nice, and they are obviously highlights uh, of movies and of the series. Whenever Vegeta does something, it's like, yeah, this is the standout feature. But um, I also like to think from another sp- uh, perspective as well. If I step out of my shoes and think about it, would you like to see Vegeta constantly dominating? Is that something you'd actually like? Or is it is it the fact that he only gets those small moments that makes him the epic character he is? So, I think you got to think of it like that as well. I think if he came out and destroyed everything and just, you know, tore up the fight, maybe it wouldn't be as awesome as it is. So, yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah. I just, in my opinion, you know, I, I think th- there's two ways of looking at it. One, Vegeta did get his moment to shine. And two, it was too short. And I'm kind of on the fence up with both of those because I thought that the amount of screen time Vegeta got was yeah lacking because he was sidelined but I think that his character in this movie was actually more most revealed upon that you know not for anything Goku isn't the only one who is at this level now Vegeta's got this level so I think it's a sign of good things to come but um I, I lied I want to address one more because I just read it and I, I have to I've never actually spoken about this publicly and address this so here we go this is from drake underscore mason i think super saiyan god super saiyan is weaker than super saiyan god it explains that they can utilize some super saiyan god power whenever they want but not anywhere near of all of it so super saiyan god is just a regular super saiyan that is usually utilizing that small amount of super saiyan god power in battle of gods goku and beerus got to use 70 percent of his power on I'm sorry, yes, with only Super Saiyan God. But in Resurrection F, it's made clear that if Goku and Vegeta work together, then could then only then could they match Beerus. That would obviously not be when they are both gods. Like I said, Goku alone made Beerus use a majority of his power. What do you think of this? I hmm. I keep seeing this. And well, I I just want to say that the Super Saiyan God, the pink hair one that we saw. That is a power boost. That is like a power-up. But the controlling of that power is what we get with Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. 
that is when they control it and they calm their state and they become it's sort of that moment you know that moment between gaining the power and learning to harness it it's that crossover i think i don't think super saiyan god is really a a thing i just think that's sort of like a power boost you've collected everyone's power and you've gained this super form that you've got but you haven't transformed so to speak yeah i don't know i I don't know if we're ever going to really get an answer to it to be honest uh we'd have to see how akira chooses to um elaborate on it in the series but um i definitely believe that super saiyan god super saiyan is stronger to be honest yeah so do i it's kind of made clear that this is a new form. They kind of illustrate that it's a new thing. This is, this is the power. And the, the way Goku says it, you know, it's, he says himself that this is the power of a Super Saiyan God, but I've learned to harness it. I think I've learned to control it. And so I think it's, oh, it's it's very. I think there's always going to be mixed power, uh, mixed opinions, but I think I don't think it's considerably stronger. I wouldn't say it's like in a whole new level, like going from base to Super Saiyan. I think they are very closely tied. Um, perhaps in a way of saying the golden Uzaru to uh, the golden uh, the golden great ape to Super Saiyan Four, they're just very closely tied. But one's just a power boost, and one's the actual form. So I think that's sort of like that. To me, it's just uh, that that question is such a it's a weird question, and I I don't think that it would be a question if these numbers were thrown into the the mix of the 70% power, blah, 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 because Goku is clearly stronger now. So 70% of his power then might just be 30% of his, or that could be, he could have made up that extra 30% in the time of this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you you don't know what 70% is now as compared to what it was in Battle of Gods. So I, I don't think it, I, I really don't think that the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan is weaker than Super Saiyan God. To me, I think it's it'd be silly to illustrate something and purposely make it weaker after we saw this new form achieved in Battle of Gods. So I'm going to have to disagree with that. I, I don't believe that that state is weaker than Super Saiyan God. So Yeah, they, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't go backwards. I really doubt that they would. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a silly, it, would, it would be a silly move. I agree. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, that's all I got, man. Uh, do you have anything else to add? I, I we had a pretty good conversation. This it's been a long one, so hopefully people actually sit down and listen to. It. I'm gonna pr- try and uh, chop it up and make it a little bit shorter for that matter. So there is one there is one question I've just seen. I really want to get. Sure. I, I promise I'm gonna close it after this. Sure. So I just want to address this one. And um, this is by um, Carter ninety eight. Um, I'm not sure if it's a he or she because I can't see the image, but my eyesight is terrible. Um, but how is Vegeta Super Saiyan God um, 2 or Super Saiyan... Okay, um, punctuation, guys. But um, yeah, so how is how is Vegeta Super Saiyan God 2 if he couldn't even go Super Saiyan 3? Um, this is not a following trend. This is a complete... Super Saiyan Gods are completely different to the transformations that they undergo Correct. through their Super Saiyan lives. It's more this of a is, spiritual transformation. Godly. Yeah, this is this is something different. This is godly power. So it, it's something a lot different from what they attain through their standardized training. So don't expect to be seeing... Personally, I don't think we're ever going to see Super Saiyan free from Vegeta. Just in um, video games. <laughs> yeah, just in like video games and stuff. I don't think it will ever happen in the series. So no, I me either. expect to see it. It'd be nice, don't get me wrong, but again, I don't think it will ever happen. Unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah. 
That's it. Yeah, that's all I got, man. So, uh, what? Before we close it out, why don't you tell everyone where they could find you online? Because you do a lot of work with uh, art and whatnot. So, why don't you just give everyone a idea of where you could be found and what you do and where you're located? All right, you can find me at ADC Art Attack, and I am at Instagram and Twitter under the same name, and I'm now also on YouTube under the same name. And I probably said that really weird, YouTube, YouTube, I don't know. But I'm on YouTube under ADC Art Attack, so yeah, you can see me do uh, tutorials, you can come watch me on Twitch.tv, same again, ADC Art Attack. I'm all over the place, I'm everywhere. Come and see me. And yeah, I do tutorials and I paint things and good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, as always, this has been the Dragon Ball Insider podcast. We could be found at our website at dragonballinsider.com. And we're also on Instagram at Dragon Ball Insider and on Twitter at DB Insider. And we also have another Twitter handle, iTweetDBZ. We have Facebook, Google. Uh, we may start use- utilizing YouTube, uh, but th- maybe that's for, for the future. But, um, that's that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, Anthony, it's been awesome talking with you about this movie. I think we could both, it's safe to say that when it comes out in a theater in the UK, you should definitely see it. Support the official release. It's probably very tempting to pirate and torrent, but, or to pirate and torrent things, but, you know, it's just... Yes, def- definitely. Let me, let's illustrate that point. I've just lost my voice. Sorry, guys. But <clears throat> let us just illustrate that. Do not pirate this movie. And if you do pirate this movie, please go and watch it in the cinemas. Please do that. Because if you watch it, 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 it is going... Even if you've seen it, even if you've seen it ten times, watch it. Because the more you watch this, the more demand they are going to put on the other companies to get the licensing to bring more to the UK. So please, if you're in the UK, watch it. I'm begging you. Please yeah, go and watch it. Absolutely. Please. There's a reason it made over almost eight and a half million here in North America. And that's why they're going to get the next movie, and we need to get the next one too. So come on, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. But once again, DragonBallInsider.com. If uh, Come say hello to us. Stop by. Drop by our contact form. We always are answering questions and taking emails. So uh, we hope to bring you more content soon. We're always updating the website and we want to try to get on a more regular schedule of this podcast because we're extremely sporadic when we do it. But uh, we hope you enjoyed. We had a great conversation. Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking with you. And uh, with that said, thanks for listening. Hope everyone enjoyed. And until next time, thanks again.
Okay, so like I said before, we have a lot of news, and actually, I, I lied, we don't have a lot of news, so the news we, ah, you know what, fuck that, let me restart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, you're going to restart this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, ah, no, fuck it. Okay, so we are only going to go through a little bit of the news, we, it's not like, oh my god, fuck! <laughs> Dude, I'm like, I can't breathe, <laughs> I swear. You're looking for a good time, honey? <laughs> 